Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Here on Money FM 89.3, I'm Clarissa Montero for the workday afternoon, joined by JP Ong, our finance presenter. It is hmm. not looking so good, at least at the lunch break. It wasn't looking so good across the region, actually. It was pretty much red. Mm-hmm. Do you have happier news for us? Unfortunately, this is not a great day for folks who are hoping for gains, though. And there are different motivators and reasons as to why markets are moving. So let's take stock of the SGX, at least for today, the Straits Times Index. Now, we are down by about 0.6%, so that's 14.5 points in the red. And we're sitting at 2,616 points. And value turnover also coming in fairly average as compared to recent days, but 482 million Singapore dollars in total trades changing hands. It is clearly a day for markets and stocks to step back. 327 stocks, REITs and trusts in the red. There are only 90, dare I call them survivors? Yeah, 90 survivors that are actually gaining some ground in today's session. Compared to the rest of the region, you are correct, Clarissa, there are losses also across some of these major equity indices. The Nikkei 225 again is down by about 1%. The ASX 200 also trading 0.8% in the red. Shanghai and Shenzhen finally in the red also snapping these impressive gains and they're both also seeing losses of more than 1.2%. The South Korean Kospi also about half a percent lower today. Taipei is also down by about 33 points. And the Hang Seng also trading 1.7% lower. So what are some of the reasons why markets might be trending down? Well, for the broader region, and we'll start with this just very quickly, there is, once again, it seems that risk-off sentiment has shifted once again. After Wall Street closed mixed, you had the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 closing in the red. Some ad strategists have already pointed out that this could all start to be the signal of a pullback for U.S. markets. And this could also influence global markets moving forward. This is on the back of COVID-19 cases continue to rise. And the state of California has decided to shut down, once again, bars and indoor dining for the most part, putting into question the largest and the biggest state economy in the U.S. into question whether or not this will also lead to a slowdown in uh, the recovery, at least in the United States. You have U.S.-China tra- tensions now ramping up once again. Um, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has taken a shot at Beijing, saying that they are against the, the what he calls Beijing's claims to offshore resources across most of the South China Sea, which he calls a camp campaign of bullying to control these other countries that are around this particular area. Now, Beijing has responded and said that the attacks of uh, Washington, D.C. are unjustified. But nevertheless, there's no signs that these sides are going to be making up anytime soon, at least on these particular fronts. But here in Singapore, I think the bigger thing that folks are worrying about are those GDP figures that came out. So everyone was expecting that the second quarter is going to be the probably the worst or the bottom or the worst of it all because of the circuit breaker measures. Economists surveyed by Bloomberg were expecting a 10.5% decline year on year for the economy. But actually, it came out even worse. It was a decline of about 12.6%. And when you take it quarter on quarter, we saw a 41% contraction as compared to the first quarter. Now, no real surprises there because uh, most of the economy was actually you know, put on hold or, or suspended. Well, we were in circuit breaker. Exactly. And when you and someone actually in Manila asked me, well, how long was it then in Singapore earlier this morning? It's like it was about, for about two months, the most severe measures of it were for about two months. Put things into context, right? Two thirds of this of the second quarter was pretty much put on pause. Two-thirds of the economy, uh, or two-thirds of the second quarter, saw most of the economy put on pause. Not much of a recovery there. And that shows that GDP did come in a lot uh, softer than most expected. Um, and I think that many are trying to take this into account, and this also factoring into, well, how soon can the Singapore and the Singaporean economy bounce back? And could there be the threat of future social restrictions? Because we've seen this already roll out in other cities like Melbourne and Australia. 
And in Hong Kong, they've decided to tighten social restrictions because of resurgence in cases. And I think this, again, is the for- in the forefront of folks' minds. If the second quarter was so bad and there is still the risk that we might see this play out in some cities across the world and even here in Singapore, what will this do and how uncertain does this muddle the outlook at least moving forward. And I think markets are at least taking this uh, into context or taking this into account. You're not seeing a huge sell-off by any shape or form. It's, uh, we're just down by about half a percent, to be mm. honest. And I think a lot of this also is because many analysts and many investors have already priced in that said the second quarter is going to be pretty bad. And I think this this uh, slight step back you're seeing today or this half step back and the half percent decline might be investors just saying, oh, it was worse than we expected. OK, we got to price in a little bit more of this and we've seen it come come back down. And I did tell you before we started, Clarissa, that it might be equally interesting to track where the Singapore dollar is mm-hmm. heading. And I, um, as uh, expected, especially given the uh, negative surprise with regards to GDP, the Singapore dollar has now weakened to about one spot thirty nine against the greenback. And this also, because whenever you see some of this additional weakness, it it, uh, also brings up some questions about whether or not we're going to expect fiscal authorities to increase stimulus or even monetary authorities to increase stimulus. When monetary authorities like the MS, MAS increase support, that this might also lead to a bit of weakness for the Singapore dollar. Now, we also have to clarify that uh, some analysts actually ex- don't expect the Monetary Authority of Singapore actually is step in just yet. They just might leave current policy settings unchanged at the mm-hmm. moment. But if things get worse, I mean, there are going to be a revisiting of these things and also a revisiting of a lot of the assumptions with regards to how quickly the economy might be able to recover. Someone did point out also that the third quarter will also be important because if we start to see green shoots, and I hate using the term green shoots, but nevertheless, it's pretty apt in this uh, situation. If we start to see green shoots of recovery, at least, and showing that, you know, maybe the pressure is starting to ease a little bit, that could actually fuel more hopes. But a lot of this always will tie back to this very sticky and insidious virus that has now infected more than 13 million people across the world. It's going to be uh, reliant on how well we contain it and what the infection numbers are and to keep those death numbers down. Yes, absolutely. I think, the, I think the mortality rate uh, and, and to be and to Singapore's credit, at least, I think uh, I think officials have done a very good job of keeping the mortality rates down mm-hmm. and making sure that uh, the public health systems here are not overwhelmed. But let's not add on to the pressure. And I think part of the reason they've been able to do that also, their efforts could be thwarted or undermined if a sudden increase in infection suddenly comes up. And it's very possible. So vigilance is key, not just for the overall safety of this country, but also for the economic systems here. Which basically means it's on every one of us to continue to be responsible about our social distancing, etc. It's always good to be err on the side of caution, at least for the rest of the year. And uh, fine, let's throw in the first quarter of next year, too, because we don't know again when this thing will actually uh, evaporate. I'm curious about this. The casinos have just opened. Um, RWS has just opened. Universal Studios has just opened. How are are their stocks doing? All right. Well, as we know, Genting Singapore is probably the one that's most directly exposed to the casino space here. Mm -hmm. Um, They are listed on the SGX. They are the uh, operators of Resorts World Sentosa. Genting Singapore is flat today at about 77 cents uh, a share. Did just resume some operations. Yes. And, uh, of course, they're not going to be at full capacity. But many, I think, are still pricing in that uh, this is... uh, 
welcome easing, at least, of some of the pressures mm-hmm. on getting Singapore. Mm-hmm. They're trading at about 77 cents a piece, value turnover for about 6.1 million Singapore dollars in total trades changing hands. It's interesting you bring this up, though, because while the casinos and while the casino operators here seem a bit uh, stuttery, there are reports that out in Hong Kong, the Macau operators have actually jumped up. And this because of a new ruling from the provincial government of Guangdong, where they have scrapped the 14-day quarantine Um, requirements for travel in and out of that state, which means that if you are a traveler going to Macau and you're coming back at least to the state of Guangdong where Guangzhou and Shenzhen Mm -hmm. are are located, you don't have to serve a 14-day quarantine measure anymore, which could also ease concerns or remove any hesitations from uh, travelers to Macau from the greater Guangdong area and saying, well, now maybe now I can actually travel without much hassle. At least to Macau. At least to Macau. And this also easing some of the pressures on their casino operators, which are also relying on all of these Chinese tourists to come Mm -hmm. in, all these overseas travelers coming in. It it eases the pressure a bit on them as well. So you're seeing actually gaming operators listed out in Hong Kong doing quite well in today's session. Genting Singapore, well, hey, at least they're flat today. They're not really losing much ground. But hey, we've got a couple more hours to go, right? Right, that's true that. And I'm going to be very interested to see how what kind of occupancy the hotels on Sentoso, who are allowed to open for staycations, are going to be experiencing because, you know, even if you just get out of the house to cross a bridge to a hotel on Sentoso, it's as close to feeling like you've left town <laughs> that you're going to get. Do, I do have a lot, number of friends I've seen on social media who've actually patronized the beach. Is it the beach club out there? Mm-mm-mm. Yes. And uh, I don't fault them for doing that. I mean, you, you do need to blow off some steam after all these restrictions, but practice uh, safe social distancing, practice uh, responsible etiquette when you're out there also. We don't want to see a re- assumption of uh, restrictions that will close down golf courses and some of the few beaches that Singapore has. Yeah, but we certainly want to see more easing of these restrictions, not less. Mm-hmm. All right, now, Metex, uh, UG Healthcare, really both sync, prompting SGX queries. That one uh, jumped out at me, and I'm kind of curious as to why that might be. Well, it's interesting because they both have responded to the queries, and they've actually, uh, they actually told the SGX and responded and said, nope, we do not have any information as to what might have driven this unusual trading activity. UG Healthcare has now fallen by 6.8%. Medtex International, in particular, also down by five per- more than 5%. They did fall by, by the teens yesterday. And uh, Medtex International, though, at this rate, they're still up by about 1,800% year-to-date. So the rally, actually, for these two stocks, you know, it was as uh, dramatic as the pullback has been over the last two days. The rally that actually drove their shares to these recent highs over the last two or three weeks, I think was even more dramatic. And it does make me wonder why the SGX has questioned it now when there was all this unusual trading activity that we've been reporting about mm-hmm. it. These block trades coming in to support Medtex International, driving their shares up at 1.2,000% year to date. Imagine if you bought that share, that stock on January 1st, and you sold it on Friday last week, you would have pocketed gains of more than 2,000%. And at this point, it's still up by about 1,750 or so. There's still no slouch, but um, they are pulling back. They do not have an idea as to what exactly drove the trading activity to, or an interest, at least, towards their shares, both for buyers and sellers, at least for this week. These medical equipment suppliers, these uh, companies that are involved in supplying rubber gloves, PPEs as mm-hmm. well, they continue to find a lot of favor 
um, from investors because, especially if there is a worries of a potential second wave in some of these major economies, then the demand for rubber gloves, the demand for these things will start to pick up once again. And the big question is, of course, well, um, are, are your operations ready to meet a potential surge in some of this demand. Then again, this could just be a lot of strong profit-taking after weeks and weeks of I was really, going, really strong I was going to say that. Maybe it's just massive profit-taking mm. at, you know, not seen before levels. Right. And, I think a 6% is a lot. And imagine, like, if you had a share, if you had a stock that went up by more than 2,000%, you'd be tempted to take a little bit of a, to pick a bit of fruit from that, right? Maybe... To, Given the the news on the economy and the contraction and the recession and uh, unemployment numbers, today was as good a day as any. Absolutely, I think it's also it's uh, possible that the, maybe this is also sending a message to the markets that if we are in for a prolonged step back for markets, at least for the next couple of weeks, maybe now is the time to try to pocket in some fruit that you've actually grown if you invested in medtechs or if you invested in UG Healthcare. Um, but uh, again. It, we have to put this into context. Yes, both shares have fallen significantly over the last two days. But not in relation to their rise over the last but, several months. Oh, not in relation to their rise since the start of the year. Absolutely. Right. Alrighty. Well, then, on that note, um, it's it's a glass half full, glass uh, half empty, depending on how you look at it. It's probably still good news for people who own uh, these shares. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think so. And again, the question will always be, well, when things start to normalize, will they be able to sustain some of the strong growth they've actually seen? Um, and people are, and some do warn that even if we get to the tail end of this pandemic, habits and consumer habits might, have, might still have changed. I would call that a happy problem. Yes, it would be a happy problem. I think at this point, sight of the tail end of this would be great. For being honest, that I think we've still got miles and miles to go before we can sleep. I don't know where the horizon is, is what you're saying. There you go. I'm Clarissa Montero. He is JP Ong, our finance presenter. This has been Markets View on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.